talk about manga? I've never actually read any manga. I don't. I don't get it. I don't think that's true. I think Have you read Mango? Because uh, I know that's what 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 Mr. Chavez reads. I have read Mango. I only put out the Mango, or I only read the Mango he puts out. Hmm, it's a good choice. There's a lot more though. Yeah, Ed, we trust. Yep. Ready? Not really, but let's do it. Okay, let's go. Welcome back to Manga in Your Ears. My name is Corey. Helen and April are not with me, but in their stead are two very special guests. Uh, Haiku Podcast regulars, Basil and Ruby. What's up? Hey, folks. Hi. Um, we apologize for the for the downgrades, but, you know, we're going to have fun anyways. <laughs> um, it's a, a lateral move. Are they not uh, into this series? Is that why they didn't want to do it? Uh, I don't think... Well, I mean, I think April would read it, um, but I don't think that we can bully Helen into reading it, so here we are. It all depends on how much uh, Helen is willing to read. I mean, it, it depends on all of us, but like, if it's something that she isn't into, we, we are much more easily persuaded than Helen is easily persuaded. He is the one who forced me to be here, so. Mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate your opinions on this podcast and on the other podcast. Um so anyway, we're talking about Inside Mari here. I guess we, I should mention that um, a special uh, special episode, just Inside Mari. We're not talking about anything else, uh, except I guess we'll mention walks because we got a question about it. This one is uh, another Shuzo Oshimi joints. Uh, if you are interested in listening to more Shuzo Shuzo Oshimi uh, content, I did a podcast about Miss Kusakabe walks, and Shino can't say her name with. Uh, Chris and Inc. That is um, on the website as well. And um, Chris did a podcast with Inc. and Jared about Flowers of Evil on uh, Old Talking Radio if you want to check that out too. But uh, Inside Mari is, I believe, Shuzo Oshimi's most recent work, or if it's not, it's, it's not, but it's, it's his not. most recent completed work in the US. I'm just going to add a lot of qualifiers and kill it works. This current um, uh, series is Welcome Back, Alice. Coming out now. That was just licensed, right? Um, I don't know when it got licensed. Uh, I read some of the fan translations when it was first coming out, and then mm-hmm. I was in Barnes and Noble one day, and it was on the shelf. So, oh, okay. Well then, who's who's got it? Kodansha. It, uh, okay. I trust you. Yeah, I, I guess open the Wikipedia page. Okay, it's Kodansha. It's 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 one or two. Like it's uh, it was it was them or or Denpa. So yeah. Um. Yeah, Oshimi has a couple of other manga series that are more recent than Mari. Um, Blood on the Tracks, Happiness, uh, Welcome Back Alice, as Ruby just mentioned. Um, Walks and Miss Kusakabe, which I just mentioned, are one shots. Those are um, published by Denpa as well. Uh, and then the Nara Shuzo Oshimi art book came out. Um, and Denpa put that one out too. Uh, there's running three series right now which seems absurd but the, the third one here is lily which is a single volume one. Oh, single volume he's gone running three series sounds exhausting but um insect mari here is about uh 
a high schooler named Mari and a college dropped out named Isao Komori, who uh, he plays video games all day, and he's a big old, uh, big old neat and a big old loser, it seems like. Um, and he just kind of grows an obsession with Mari. He follows her creepily from the uh, convenience store that they both frequent. Um, but doesn't do anything. He's a he's an innocent kind of creeper, uh, as innocent as you can be, I guess. Um, but one day, uh, Komori finds himself woken up in the body of Mari, uh, and then I guess I don't know hijinks ensue in, in various ways. Um, but I mean, I've read, I've been reading this since Genpo started putting it out. I fell back um, by a few volumes a couple of times, but I, it was always something that I like. I really enjoyed picking back up when I finally. Picked it back up, and when I the the ninth volume came out mm, a couple months ago, month ago, um, and it it was just like a very a very nice cathartic ending to the whole series, and we'll talk about it uh, the spoiler bits um, in a separate segment, I think. But what did you two think from uh, from the get go here, Ruby? I actually started reading this back in I think it's 2013 when it was first coming out. Uh, I wasn't even familiar with Ushimi at the time. Uh, I don't remember if that was before or after Flowers of Evil, but I only read a little bit of it. Um, I am a big fan of like body swap manga and stuff, which this is technically a part of the genre. So uh, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into at first. It it starts off like very like familiar with the tropes of the genre. Uh, he wakes up as a girl. He's kind of like I don't know. <laughs> it's a good like wake up sequence, but it very quickly. I don't want to use the word deconstruction, but it, I think it applies. Uh, it's a much darker take on the genre, but how kind of like terrifying that experience would really be if you were in that scenario in real life. Like you don't know anything, you're kind of lost in someone else's life, don't know like the intricacies of your own body. So it's it was really striking like from the get go. Yeah, and like you have to interact with this stranger's friends and be like, "Hey, what's up? I'm." a totally normal person yeah totally normal hey mom where's the bathroom <laughs> like that's super funny but then the family is like what is wrong with her yeah basil i th i think for me it really struck me as like oh hey this kind of reminds because this it came out around the same time as your name at least mm. in america and so i remember watching your name and really really enjoying it because i think everyone did it's a good movie and around that same time, I realized, oh, hey, there's a new manga from Denpa. Well, as I'll say it before, I'll always say it. And in, in Ed, I trust if they license this, I should probably attempt to read it. And I was like, oh, shoot, this is from the Flowers of Evil guy. I liked that one, too. I'm going to start reading this. OK, it's body. Swap. Wait, but this is like what if body swap manga was instead like a thriller mm. is like you're right, it's not quite horror, but it's definitely it's way more tense. It's there's way it's way more dr drama, but I really do mean like drama. Like it's not like like drama as in soap opera or anything, but it really it's really dramatic. Every like you you really get the all the feelings and all the tension with Mari and the folk the person in now inhabiting Mari and their interactions with everyone around them and it's sometimes it can be hard to turn the page but you also really want to turn the page at the same time like it does a really good job of keeping you guessing it does a great job of making you 
wanting to understand what's going on. It's 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 good. Yeah, Shimi's manga like it just naturally fills me with anxiety when I have to read it. <laughs> and it's great. I love yeah. it, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you two are far off with like the uh, even the horror aspect of it, uh, thriller, darker take on body swaps. Like those are all very accurate. As the back of the book says, Inside Mari is the modern standard of, body, of the body swap genre, uh, quoting by Makoto Shinkei, director of your name. So they're on the back of the first book. Um, but yeah, it's like Inside Mari is, uh, as I said, a neat who is a, a loser, presumably, uh, or in at least the common um parlance of stereotyping people who are depressed and unable to to, to uh engage in modern society as losers but um what happens when someone like that uh basically has a uh a fantasy scenario play out uh would he do what he does in some of the volumes and like masturbate as mari or would he just kind of uh, falling to a deeper depression because it's like you are literally living out uh, a world that you are no longer a part of. You're literally living out high school again. And you're like, oh, this person is popular. This person has friends. Uh, and I don't have any of those things. I'm going to be even sadder than I was before. Uh, and I think that's just a, a grammatically compelling thing to do. Yeah. How much are we considering spoilers here? Uh, well, I can talk about a lot of it without... Yeah, I forgot the like masturbation scene is in the fourth volume, so I guess uh, add her around there. So this, sorry, this is not really so much of a spoiler thing. So one of the things I really have enjoyed about Oshimi's works, and I really remember this reading and then watching The Flowers of Evil, and that his art is very good at both looking both unique and generic at the same time. Like he's he's got a look to it. That just feels like it feels like I'm actually it, it's definitely like manga style. They look like characters you would read in a manga, but they also look like characters that would actually exist in Japan. And the two, they sit right side by side. And I really remember right, right, how weird, you know, a rotoscopy looked the flowers of evil manga or anime looked to really bring out the tension and the the weirdness that could that existed in that world versus the manga version that used the much more it felt like to me in, in comparison normal lookingness of the manga really highlighted the tension and the weirdness and the drama there and so i think inside mari pulls off the same trick where it looks oh this looks like manga but everything that's happening still also has has this 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 veneer of realism where it feels like this could have been like a live action show but it's not it's a manga but i still get that same feeling i don't know if that made any sense no i get yeah. it there's no like real fantastical elements to the design work like it's very grounded in reality mhm it's got like a sketchy look to it yeah I and mean, you can tell like what Oshimi's art is just by like kind of looking at it. It does have that sketchy look in it. Uh, not like sketchy, but sketch. Like they are sketching things. Um, there is a live action version of this too. I feel like that would be very strange. I am. I didn't have a uh, chance to watch it. So yeah, I mean, I'm curious about it, but uh, we don't get Japanese TV or live action TV over here very easily. Also, I feel if you're trying to translate an Oshimi work 
to either animation or live action, you better have a director who knows what the hell they are doing. Because Oshimi sure the hell knows the hell he's doing. And if you just try to do like this a base rote adapt adaptation, you are not going to reach nearly the same levels of interesting as this manga can. Yeah. Um so this is very pedantic of me, but we love even on like the here. back copy, it's called it's referred to as the modern standard of the body swap genre. I don't think it's a body swap at all. Uh it's not a swap. It's gotta be two ways to be a swap. It's like straight possession. Mm. Because we do meet uh Komori's body a few volumes in and yeah. he's still in there. So whatever's going on, part of the mystery is figuring out like what exactly is happening. Yeah, that's one of the more interesting aspects of it is that uh as you say, this is not body swap, it's body possession, I suppose. Uh a new genre has just been born, but Oh no, um, that's not new. <laughs> oh. Have they have they done body possession in movies before? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Um, oh. but yeah, this is uh an interesting twist on it because like you assume, and because they like are almost deliberately avoiding Komori, um, until the point when they visit him, and it's like, oh, you're you're still here, you're still Komori. What's really going on then? And with no memory that, of Mari at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when that happened, that was uh extremely intriguing. Uh, as to like what is going on, uh, and I think that's when the manga really picked up for me, and also it's when I started to forget to read the volumes. I really like Yori. Yori's cool. Like I really do. I enjoyed the moment where Yori's like, "Okay, <laughs> sorry." Yori's like, "Okay, who the hell are you? Because you ain't Mari." Just like just off the jump, like she knew, and and it's just so much of the manga is Mari and Yori interacting with each other and yori you know leading mari on and things and mari leading and yori on on things and it's and how do they reconcile things and how they really you know really cemented an interesting relationship based off of this very very strange occurrence mm-hmm. yeah i mean obviously yori is very um yori is very key to the to the manga itself because she is the one that Mari uh, confides in and is like, I am, I'm not Mari, I'm Komori. Uh, and they, they're figuring out, figuring this out together. Uh, poorly, probably, I would say. Yeah, they're dumb kids. Yeah, that's the best part. We find out Yori is romantically interested in Mari, so that adds a lot of uh, confusing feelings for everyone involved. Yeah, but she has, like, Yori has this... Uh, impression of mari that like komori you cannot um taint mari in any way like even if i'm into you and you want to have sex with me we're not going to do that because that's that's dirty you're not mari that doesn't count uh which is noble in a way i suppose but yeah. um the the komori mari is not it's not as noble um it's pretty noble i mean to start yeah to start and there's like the cruelly degenerate stuff in the middle and then I, he didn't need Yori to tell him not to look at her naked or mm-hmm. do anything weird. Yeah. This is it is so, somewhat hard to talk about the manga because especially once you've finished reading the manga, the knowledge that you've gained from those last few volumes really recolors the entire work. Not in a bad way. It's still in a good way. Like this is a very easy manga to reread. Now that you know what happens, it's very similar to, for example, the anime Odd Taxi in that way, mm-hmm. where 
it's very much got a very well planned orchestrated plot with twists and turns or like an Aoki Urasawa manga. And then even though once you know the end, you know what the end goal of this whole thing was just rereading it from the start again, that just reinforms you of what's going on. And it just becomes a more in-depth work. uh, just again, but it's also really hard to now want to record a podcast about it and not just immediately want to jump to the very end from the get go. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm lying to you when I describe things in the manga at this point without going. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't like that. My second reading this time, like with the knowledge of how it ends was very different from my first, like completely changes your perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. I mean, I don't think we can dance around uh, dance around here anymore. But um, we'll take a break uh, for the for the uh, non-readers of Inside Mari, and then we'll talk about spoilers on the other side. But any uh, closing thoughts to uh, sell this to anyone who has not read it before? Uh, it's really good. It's really gripping. Uh, I don't know. Take her word for it. Uh, <laughs> it it is pretty graphic, uh, though. It can yes. be quite graphic at times. Uh, it's not shrink wrapped in the store or anything, which is kind of weird because volume four is, has a scene that is like nearly pornography. Yeah. I was reading, uh, the Wikipedia page and it was removed from Signe Kinokuniya. Um, and they had, it had to be reclassified because of that. Yeah. It's very much one of those things where I would joke around in video games to say, you know, this game is actually rated M for mature because it is mature. Mature things happen, but it also handles things in a very mature way. Which, frankly, if you're into any Shuzo Oshimi things, you should probably already know that. That seems to be a, a reoccurring theme with his creations. It's always uncomfortable. But, it's not. Yeah. But he really likes delving into aspects of humanity, especially aspects of perversion. And I mean, that's part of the whole thing with Frowls of Evil was what is perversion? I, I would say that if you have learned about him through the Flowers of Evil, through the anime, and you like the anime even remotely, one, read the Flowers of Evil manga, two, read Inside Mari. If you need just an excuse to read Inside Mari, at all, if you have a Crunchyroll subscription, the Inside Mari manga is on Crunchyroll. Yes, for at those least... who do not know, Crunchyroll dabbling into manga made like the worst website and app possible, and then never get anything with it. And it's still somehow going. It's still keeps getting <laughs> new titles added. <laughs> yeah, I heard that yeah, thing was honestly got... out years ago, and it's still kicking somehow. But they've yeah. got eight volumes. Not all of it, but they've got most of it. So that at least you, you could at least read a good chunk of it to give you an idea of whether or not it's something that you'd want to read. Yep. And Denpug.pub also to buy it digitally if you if you would like to do that, support Denpug directly. Yeah, I'll always say support Denpug directly. But if you have listened to us this far and you're like, I mean, they're telling me it's good, and you just want to read some just to reaffirm whether there's something that you want to jump into, eh, give it a shot. You know, you treat it, uh, read read the first few chapters and just see how you feel in it. Yep. 
All right, uh, we'll take a break and then we'll be back. back um i think as i was flipping through these volumes again uh i did not reread it but i have read the ninth volume very fairly recently recently um i completely forgot that like mari calls mari the komori mari um on the telephone in the middle of the volumes and then that's another aspect of mystery uh but yeah it's good okay well first i want to throw ed chavez just a little bit of shade just a little bit Eighty way, two thousand nineteen. He was talking about Inside Mari during his panel, and he let slip that it's more of a psychological thriller than it was a body swap. And so that really? clued me on in way earlier, because only like a volume or two had come out by that point through them. And I was like, oh, oh, well, now I, I think I know already know what's sort of going on. Oh, okay, but I caught that slip, Ed. And <laughs> I still really like it. I bought all the volumes, but bad Ed. You could have figured that Some out biscuits. on your own ahead of time. Like, yeah, I could have. I could have. But I was still... I, I'm one of those people that I don't really try to figure out the the who actually done it in a whodunit. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the ride of a mystery and thrillers. I, I like being surprised. So, well, I'll think about them. I I don't try to suss that out quite as much as, say, for example, my wife does. She absolutely loves watching episodes of things like NCIS and then from like minute five going, oh, no, that person did it. And inevitably she's right. But I, I like I like being on the ride. And this manga is a ride. Yeah, I reread it for the podcast today. I was or, uh, yeah, I was worried I wouldn't be able to read nine volumes of manga like in the week that you gave me here, because I have not read nine volumes of manga that quickly in a long time. And I, once I got to volume two, I could not stop. I read it all in one day. But you made it. Yeah. I did. And it was great. Thank you for inviting me on. So I would finally get off my butt and read it again. So I've been meaning to since Denpa put it out. Uh, so Ruby, that, I mean, yes, you're the only one that's rewrite it, right? Basil, you can reread it. Did not. I, like I mentioned, before we started recording, I picked up to reread it, then realized... Oh hey, I never finished Flowers of Evil, and so I started rereading Flowers of Evil instead because I'm good at this job. Uh, so Ruby, what were your impressions of like your first read through it, which I assume was over the course of several months or years uh, as it uh, came out, and your second read of it? I read it weekly or monthly, whatever it was when it was coming out originally. Mm, so okay, so like on Crunchyroll manga, uh, Crunchyroll manga, and I think before that maybe some fan translations that's okay i don't think they had it right away but i am a fan of the body swap genre so anytime something comes out i usually try to check it out and i didn't really know what i was getting into um again it sets up like he wakes uh kamori wakes up in mari's room and it's like oh my god i'm a girl and it just kind of plays out like any honestly like (laughs) fetish manga about like turning (laughs) into a girl yeah and, like, it sort of plays into that a little bit later. Like, 
Oshimi is familiar with these tropes and like the way those stories work and he breaks them down throughout its run. So I was like, I was honestly surprised it was good. Like I thought it was going to be like just kind of throwaway trash. Yeah. And I didn't make the connection with Flowers of Evil until later on because I saw the anime first and I hadn't read the manga until later. Um, but it's clear that he had the story worked out from the beginning. He wasn't making up as he went along. Like there's little clues here and there as you go, like that Mari is not actually Komori in Mari's body. She's just kind of created an alternate personality modeled after Komori after she read his diary and watched him for a while. Turns out Mari was the creepy stalker the whole time. Yeah, uh, I mean, I completely forgot about that uh, element until I was flipping through here too, where it's like they were stalking. Were they like stalking each other? No, Komori had yes. no idea who Mari was. Okay, that's right. So that's, that's like right, yeah. that was fabricated by by Komori Mari. The one we meet in the course of the story in Volume Three is the real Komori, who has no connection to Mari at all. Was not mm-hmm. being a creep, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. He's just being a creep in his own house. <laughs> yes. Uh, and Mari yes, would the dream. She would watch him like from the uh, through his open window from a nearby balcony. She'd broke into his apartment found out where his spare key was and read his journal to get details of his backstory. And then to try and get away from the problems in her life, she just created another personality based on him. Yeah. And like, she has a lot of problems in her life. That was the big, uh, clicking moment for me where like, I didn't, I couldn't possibly, uh, envision that like, Oh, she's not actually body swapping because like it was so ingrained in my brain from the beginning. Even as you say, it is more body possession, but like the idea that a Komori, maybe not the Komori, was in her body, I was like, okay, so so what's happening with this really? But like once you see um, how she was like pretty much mentally abused as a child, uh, it it becomes much more clear of where what direction this manga is taking. I I really hope Oshimi's okay. I really hope they didn't have a terrible childhood sometimes yeah. i worry he talks about it a little bit in the afterwards in the volumes it seems like he's okay okay that's good but those are interesting on their maybe own. it's like a junjito where he just draws like really weird creepy manga but in real life he just likes gags i think he had a sexual awakening very young and then i don't know was put on the path I just, to creepy manga that's quite possible i mean i was reading again i because i am good at focusing on the task at hand i started rereading flowers of evil and i just noticed that one of the main characters um his mom is not great and well the mom in this manga is incredibly not great so i know these flowers of evils and ways inside mari do feel like not not like autobiographies but you can barely clearly there's a lot of personal experience going into the creation of both of those works. So just reading it, I'm like, man, there are two not great moms in this. Hope Oshimi's okay. That is, that is interesting. He tends to put a lot of similar characters in his works, at least the ones I've read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ruby, you want to go into like the deep background of like what happened with her mom and her grandma, Mari's mom. So when Mari was born, or... Uh, Fumiko, when she was born, she was named Fumiko because that was her grandmother, a name her grandmother liked because it was cute. Um, but her her mother didn't like that. 
doesn't like her husband's mom didn't come in and name their child. So when her grandmother passed away, her mom just decided, no, your name's Mari now. I like that better. And that a young child being told like, oh, you have a different name now. Like this is different. This kind of started to affect her impression of like what her own identity was. And she sort of like branched off into a new person. So Mari and Fumiko are like separate alters of her personality. Yeah, I got the real the real feeling that 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 mom was way more controlling and way unhappy with her life and how her life turned out and was using Mari or Fumiko, then Mari as a vehicle to to fix all her problems. Yeah. And that only created really a lot more problems for Mari. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, thinking you know what's best for your child and not really right having an idea what's going on in their head. And Mari at the time was, uh, if not school age, then almost school age. Like she was three or four. So she's already talking. She knows uh, several words. And now you're just calling her next. That's not your name. Your name is Mari now. Um, and this isn't like your name is Christopher. And then you're being called. And then you're like, oh, I want to be called Chris. Uh, it, it's a little different than that. Um, and, and I think call that, this series your name and it would still work. They should call it that. Is anything else called your name? Mm, don't think so. All right. Well, well I'll ask Ag. Uh, um, but yeah, I think, I think one of the more interesting parts of that, uh, of the disassociation too, or maybe understated parts, is that Yori's uh, sister is also called Mari. So then it, this brings in another element of it where it's like, um, I'm not Mari. That person is, that person is Mari. Or, or or am I Mari? Um, just a lot of uh, very interesting identity identity things going on. Well, a lot of similar names in general. You've got Mari, Yomori, Yori. Like they're, it's all very similar sounding in 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 the mouth. Especially now that we're talking about all these names in a podcast, you know, through this audio medium about this written, you know, medium. I'm like, oh, these are all very similar hmm. i think it is probably intentional that they all have very similar names yeah because we find out like yori and Komori, the version of Komori that mari has created at least is more similar to yori in a lot of ways than the real Komori. Mm-hmm. which does make me wonder how much did original mari really pay attention to yori than yori realized yeah. apparently og mari is nothing if not attentive and perceptive. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's like, um, a big aspect of her character too, where it's like, she is not just Mari and Fumiko. She is like several different forms of Mari. Like the idea that like, of course we, um, will act slightly differently in front of, uh, our spouses or cats, pecs, uh, or, uh, our parents, our friends, different friend groups, you might be like slightly different around. Um, but like, this is taking that to somewhat of an extreme where like Mari is just trying to fit in with various groups of people. Uh, but she doesn't really know who Mari is. So she, uh, adapts to these situations in extreme ways. Just, uh, to, to, to feel like you're under such stress that you have to create an entirely separate essential being inside of you and do such a good job of it that has no idea 
that they do really think there is somebody else who just happens to have this body now. Yeah. And yeah, like realize, three years old too. Yeah. And then to do it again, mm-hmm. to just, just again, and then being able to investigate someone so well, I, I know that she broke in and had access to his diary and all, but still so well that when that, when Komori Mari meets actual Komori, Komori is like, man, maybe I am in that body. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> but it, it does. It, make, it makes it think he's like, like, well, I try to be more or less myself with everybody, mm-hmm. but maybe I do treat, you know, this side a little bit different. I do. Oh man. Now I'm being all introspective with myself. What do you, what did this manga do to me? I do want to know more about Ruby's feelings about rereading the manga the second time through. Now that you know everything that happened for, from the first read through. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I kind of like a secondary mission of like reading this the second time was I had had a conversation with Ed years ago where he asked me if I thought it was like a trans story. So I was trying to see if I felt like it was a trans story and I'm still not really sure. I'm leaning. No, like, especially going into it with the context of the ending in mind. I can't really elaborate on that. I'm just going on vibes. I'm, I go on vibes throughout uh, over 200 episodes of podcast now. So I do wonder, now that you, you mentioned whether or not it's a trans story. And I am, I'm in no way trans, but I have several friends who are. That sounds terrible now that I said that out loud. But I do wonder that, so one of my best friends i have been around for them for a good you know 10 20 years i sort of have watched them grow up and acknowledge aspects of themselves and how that has changed over years so i do kind of wonder while this may not be explicitly a trans story i do wonder if this again a semi but not really autobiographical form was at least partially Oshimi trying to figure out whether or not this was aspects of him figuring out if he has a trans story or not. I think that is like a very valid in the back of volume one. He talks about how he wishes he could be a girl because he can only see half the world as a man. And then by the final volume, he's saying like, yeah, I don't want to be a girl anymore. And you could read that two different ways. It could be him saying, yeah, I'm not trans or the more trans reading is, oh, I don't want to be a girl anymore. Uh, Another layer deep. Uh, his next manga, Welcome Back, Alice, is actually about a trans character. Okay. It's about a young man, two young people who are friends, and then one of the friends moves away and comes back and is now presenting as a girl. Okay. And I haven't read enough of that to really speak to it, but it just, I don't know, you don't do this twice without having some thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't think I can really speak on that topic until I've read more of Welcome Back, Alice. Five, Volume One came out July twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. This was published by uh, my comics pull list as it's published by Vertical, so it might be in that imprint. Maybe um, Egg licensed it before he left. I can see it on my shelf, but I don't recognize the logo, so it must be the new Vertical. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense if you are uh, a creator in that way and you're exploring um, your identity in any way, not just uh, not just trans or not trans or um, anything like that. But like if you have some sort of uh, question of identity, like um, 
like Mari does in terms of are you Mari or are you Fumiko, then you may rightly have um, have this kind of narrative go on where it's like maybe you there. I mean, there obviously is a reading where um, as someone who is trans, you could perhaps relate to this. But like even me, I've, I've talked about this a lot on my various podcasts. I am adopted. I'm Korean by uh, adopted by white family. And like those are the same kinds of questions that I have about myself because uh, you know, I have a Korean name that I was born with. I've never used it in my life. I probably never will. But um there are two two identities I live with and that's like mm. the the Wikes identity, yeah, from Iowa that I was raised as and now like the uh Asian American, Korean American identity that I'm cultivating in Los Angeles. And it's just very confusing and annoying sometimes, but um, there could there be several parallels that can be made um, to this manga, and I think that like that's the joy and the beauty of uh, uh, fiction, where you can you can kind of insert yourself where you need to to connect to the, connect to the narratives and reflect a lot of different perspectives on this. Yeah, I definitely think Oshimi certainly plays with the concepts of identity and what that means a lot i think that is a subject that very much interests them and they seem like they create manga that that interests them and it gives them chance to really think about and explore ideas and that sort of feels like that's sort of part of their deal is that they, they grew up thinking a lot and this manga has just been their way of getting those ideas out there and i'm really glad that they are continuing to do so mm-hmm. yeah i mean i've read Oh gosh, not that much Oshimi actually. Um, I've watched Flowers of Evil, Dragon's like Marnie now. I think I have a volume of happiness. I've read Walks and Kusakabe, um, as well as the other, um, Shino can't say her name, the other one, volume one. I think I have a volume of Blood on the Cracks too, uh, Blood on the Cracks as well. Um, but like, Oshimi is constantly a, a mangaka at this point that like I'm fascinated with. Uh, reading their works, but I have not gotten around to like barely any of it. Um, but yeah, it's it's always a, an interesting read in terms of like the the characters, uh, what what sort of things he's delving into with delving into with them as inside Mario's psychological uh, identity. Um, but uh, for the rest of them, um, I'm looking forward to them. Likewise, I, I have also bought a lot of Oshimi manga that I have not read yet because, like I said. Just thinking about reading it fills me with anxiety because I know it's going to be a very intense read. Yeah. Sometimes on topics that are personal and very close to my heart. So, yeah. All right. Um, any uh, any closing thoughts here on Inside Mari before we wrap it up? I just re- want to reiterate how much I enjoyed the thriller aspect of this manga. It really does feel like Ashima's like, you know what? I'm going to do an Eliki Urasawa manga. I'm going to do like a monster or a 20th century boys, but it's going to be my, my story like that. And it, it's just a great read. It's a great ride. It's a great trip. It's clear. If you've, if you decide that you wanted spoilers and you read and you listen to the rest of us, yammer about it anyways. Okay. But still take the time to read it. It's, it's good stuff. And if you've already read it, take time to read it again. I need to. And having the ending spoiled does not take away from it at all. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in a very good and interesting way, it adds to it. But like uh, reading the journey through yourself is just also fascinating and blog-based. 
um, it doesn't ruin it. I also did really enjoy, I don't remember it well enough, but I do remember things now that Rue mentioned it. I do like all the various artists, you know, creator asides that Oshimi would talk about while writing this manga. I, I think very much Oshimi might be someone who's very much stuck up his own butt. But as it turns out, I really like his butt, so I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Put that on the back of your book. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, I like Oshimi's butt, Basil. Uh, all right, so let's close, the guys. close this out. Where can we find everyone on the internet, Basil? You can find me at the Awesome Cast, your podcast for everything awesome, osmcst.com, where we talk about all sorts of different anime manga things. We also have our Final Fantasy XIV podcast called The Carbuckle Chronicle that you can also find at the same place. You can find me online at various places at It's Basil Time, whether it'd be whatever social medias that I have to be using. If you, find, if you look for It's Basil Time, chances are it's probably me. And I'm also on Twitch streaming old jrpgs ruby you can find me on the taiku podcast sometimes and sometimes on here apparently uh, i'm on twitter at passion tentacle for as long as that continues to be a thing i will be holding out until it's completely unusable so yeah we podcast guy sure, working uh, on it yeah yeah we podcast guy and i I'm, I'm an iphone user now i used to be an android user it's very strange think about considering how quickly i got into the apple infrastructure and now can never leave but um yeah tweet bug was a great a great app to read because it was chronological uh tweaks listed uh it kept your spot between devices so like i could read on my phone and then read on my computer i can't do that anymore um but the app if you use lists in the app it does it chronologically and it does not have eggs do not listen to this elon musk do not change it now that's a good idea. I'll just have to add every single person I follow onto a list now. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Taikumenko. It's T-A-I-I-K-U-M-E-N-C-O. You can find us on Twitter at Manga Uh That's spelled like the words that I just said. You can find all the episodes over at TaikuPodcast.com. Uh, spelled like my handle, but with podcast. And uh, thank you both for coming on and talking about Insect Mari. Uh, I really enjoyed this manga, and I uh, equally enjoyed this discussion. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. And by the way, before we end, Pats did ask about Waltz, oh, which right. is a little 40-page one-shot that Oshimi wrote and drew as its manga. You can find it on Denpa's web website. It's only two bucks. My thoughts are it was very cute. It was a very enjoyable 40-page read. Yep. Ruby, have you read Waltz? Um, nope, I forgot it existed until Pat asked about it. Okay. You should read it. It's good. I will read it. Uh, as as Basil says, it's only 40 pages. If you want some detailed thoughts on that from me, uh, go listen to that other podcast I mentioned at the top. Um, or tweet at Ruby. She'll tell you some things. All right. Thanks, Basil. End of episode.